Hey there, wonderful listeners. I'm Carmelite Quotes, your host for Free the Bishops, the podcast where we all come together whenever there's news about the Catholic Church in Nicaragua. Today we'll explore the stories of courage, resilience, and faith, shedding light on the unjust imprisonment and disappearances of Catholic bishops, priests, and seminarians. It's a journey of compassion, advocacy, and the power of prayer. So stay tuned today and be a voice for those who need it most. I'm Carmelite Quotes, and this is Free the Bishops. Today, we're going to focus on the recent visit of Bishop Silvio Jose Baez to St. Vincent de Paul Church in Los Angeles. Rosary Mom joins me today. How are you, Rosary Mom? I'm really good. How are you? Doing great. Thank you so much for being here today. Rosary Mom, why don't you begin with the Hail Mary and then share some of the news items that you've gathered today. Okay, perfect. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Thank you so much, Carmelites. Um, so reviewing today on social media on X has been well dominated by the Holy Mass celebrated in Los Angeles by Bishop Baez. Countless reports Um, about how joyful and how wonderful the Mass was. Um, So joyous. So all over social media, it was delightful to see today. I'm sure you've probably seen some of it as well. Yes, absolutely. Oh, incredible stories. And the photos. Yeah. So actually in the photos, um, there's one in particular that i seen where Bishop Baez was blessing someone as he was leaving Holy Mass and there was about three or four people in tears of joy. It was so beautiful um, to see. The other sort of news that's come across on social media today, which was from the sanctions from the US, where there's been a call from Dr. Reinberg to have some sort of strategy from the US government to be put in place. What is the purpose of the sanctions? What are we going to achieve with the sanctions? What is a plan for the sanctions? So that's a question that I've seen today on X. Um, Yes, I saw something similar from Jason Poblet, who was one of our guests when we were hosting Spaces on X. And Jason said something similar. He said uh, that you know, sanctions are a tool, they're not a strategy. And that's exactly what you're talking about. Correct. And I think for the Nicaraguan people as well, they, they hear sanctions, but they really want to know what, what's the plan. That's that's ultimately what they want to Where is this going to go? So I'm pleased that Jason Poblet published that as well. That was really good to appeal to the US government to help. Um, so on social media today, there was so much. It was 
dominated by the Holy Mass in Los Angeles, which was a beautiful thing to see on social media. It was absolutely a stunning Mass. The church was full, and uh, we had friends who were attending. We had our colleagues, Pinolero and Coikel, who attended the Mass, and they shared with us yesterday on a space on X their experiences, their impressions, and the joy of the day because they actually were quote unquote broadcasting from the parking lot after mass where there was uh, a big crowd gathering for food and fellowship. It was great, wasn't it? Yeah, that was that was really superb. We felt part of it being there in the car park. It was amazing. And then actually in the celebration when they were having a meal, and we're having some community together. It was nice to um, be part of that as well, Carmelite. Yes, I agree. Absolutely. You know, to hear the sounds of joy in the background, the sounds of the excitement, the laughter, it, 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 was, it was infectious. Mm. It was infectious, wasn't it? It was. It was very joyful. We have um, more key moments from that. We're going to be sharing in a few moments the homily that Bishop Baez gave. I've had a moment to translate it, well, a few moments, and uh, so we'll be sharing Bishop Baez's homily that he delivered in Spanish to the faithful who were gathered there in St. Vincent Church in Los Angeles. Um, there were notable speeches that were made. Uh, there was uh, the pastor who spoke. Also, there was the other Nicaraguan priest who assisted and also traveled with Bishop Baez, uh, Father Edwin Roman, who was pastor of St. Michael the Archangel Church in Messiah. Messiah is Bishop Alvarez, Bishop Baez's hometown. And uh, so Father Roman also made the trip to St. Vincent Church in Los Angeles, and Bishop Baez asked him to make a few remarks as well at the end of the liturgy. There were some other people that uh, Bishop Baez thanked and mentioned, you know, in addition to the host pastor at St. Vincent, but also there was someone in the crowd who Bishop Baez recognized, and it was an old, old friend from Messiah. And Bishop Baez said, if it wasn't for this person, I wouldn't know Jesus. And it was just, you know, a powerful moment to see the bishop give a word of tribute and thanks, um, gratitude to that man from Messiah. So that was, that was really great. Um, what impressions did you take away from watching the Mass yesterday, Rosary Mom? Gosh, um, watching the Mass, the the love of the Lord and the Blessed Virgin Mary um, right through the Mass, everyone seemed just so happy to have Bishop Baez there and to be with one another as fellow Nicaraguans and a lot of them didn't know one another. But for me, the impression I got is it felt like home. It was almost as though they were transported back to a Nicaragua that was free and they were able to attend Holy Mass without fear. 
that that's how it felt to me um because they were all so they were celebrating they were joyful they were happy they were smiling there was and no... the music the music <laughs> i know i know the music was tremendous um it really was it was really beautiful to hear everyone singing together, singing joyfully, well-known hymns. There were even a couple of hymns that you and I recognized, weren't there? Yeah, from from the Immaculate Conception Novena, um, I recognized them. And it was lovely. And, you know, I think it was Pinolero had said, those are hymns that they're taught when they're younger. So it's really important to them. And, and they remember it. They didn't need hymn books or hymn sheets because they all knew the words exactly exactly it is beautiful and you know the celebration of the three kings the celebration of epiphany is such an important part of our life as catholics uh, to be able to recognize literally recognize that this is Jesus in the flesh, Jesus, the incarnate Son of God, made visible to us in a little child. And the three kings coming to adore the child. In a moment in Bishop Baez's homily, he talks about some of the mistakes, some of the wrong turns that the three kings made along the way, but that there's always an opportunity for us to correct our course and to get back on the straight and narrow path. It's a very powerful homily. Why don't we go ahead and share that, Rosary Mom, for the people? Super. Here's what Bishop had to say. Dear brothers and sisters, on the feast day of the Epiphany, we celebrate that Jesus is the Messiah and Savior of all humanity. The Gospel for today's feast speaks of some magi who came from the East. They were people dedicated to the study of the stars. But more than magicians or astrologers, they were wise men who scrutinized the sky. Their lives were dedicated to observing the heavens, but not out of simple curiosity. They were looking for new lights to orient themselves in life. They were men in search of the meaning of existence, the meaning of gods. They were seekers of gods. They are a model both for individuals and for the people who desire to journey towards gods. One day these magi saw a star that moved them deeply and they sensed that something new and unexpected was happening. They realized that the star announced to them the one who has been born to be king of the Jews. That's from the Gospel of Matthew, chapter 2. Faced with the sign of the star which surprised them, the Magi didn't remain passive. They set out in search of the Messiah King, whose birth was announced by the star, and they embarked on a long and risky journey. The first thing the Magi teach us is that life is a constant search. Only by searching can we find the meaning of life and the mystery of God. Only by seeking can we change the course of history. 
Life isn't an immense museum to visit and observe, neither is history an old book to be re-edited over and over again. We must live in a constant inner pilgrimage, dissatisfied with what we've achieved and enlightened by the hope that everything always can be better. We can't give up, thinking that things will continue to be the same as they've always been. The Magi began their journey without knowing their precise itinerary in advance. Many times, uncertainty and the fact of not having the clarity we would like discourages us and prevents us from moving forward. We can't pretend to know everything, always understanding exactly what's going on. We must learn to live with uncertainty. What we can't do is remain passive and resigned. When there is an ideal that burns in our hearts, or some great motivation that stirs us, people and social groups don't need too many details to move forward. The wise men travelled in the night, seeing only one small star. The dark sky, instead of frightening them, became a great map to guide them. When there is a light that illuminates us from within, there's no darkness that can disorient or frighten us. God always lights up our nights with his light. Sometimes it's discreet, but we can always rely on and be consoled by his light. You know, the journey of the Magi wasn't perfect. It was a journey full of mistakes. First, they lost track of the scar. Second, they arrived in Jerusalem instead of going to Bethlehem. Third, they asked a child murderer, Herod, where to find the child. And fourth, they looked for a palace instead of going to the manger. However, despite so many mistakes, the wise men didn't grow discouraged and neither did they stop they kept moving on. People and societies make mistakes. The tragic thing isn't making those mistakes. The tragedy occurs when we don't recognize them. Falling isn't something terrible. Falling and never getting up again is the problem. Mistakes humble us, but they teach us. It hurts when we fall but we always gain experience. Living means setting things right. Bishop Baez continues as he talks about the Nicaraguan people. In our history as a people, we have lived through dark times in which terrible mistakes were made. However, despite all the failures and frustrations, it is always possible to start over and to keep walking. The Lord will always make new stars shine in our history that will light up again and invite us to move forward. We only have to raise our hearts to God with confidence and humility. The Magi undertake a journey that brings them from afar, 
crossing deserts and cities at the pace of a caravan. They don't try to go at a faster pace than their strength allows them. They don't stop because they're too distracted by secondary things. They don't get discouraged by the length of the journey. Neither do they let themselves be overcome by fatigue. The magicians teach us to walk in life without stopping the pace, but without living obsessed by haste. This lesson is very useful on a social level. Great social changes are slow. They are not achieved overnight. Once again, Bishop Baez speaks to the Nicaraguans and talks about the situation that's occurring there. Social changes are even slower and more complex when, as in the state case of our country, we have to overcome so many social and political vices that have dominated our history, such as the submission of the law to the arbitrariness of the powerful, or the indifference of a large part of the citizenry to social and political reality. And if we find that things do not change as quickly as we would like, we must have historical patience. We must not despair, nor should we slow down the pace of our roads or the intensity of the struggle. We must persevere anticipating to live from now on the ideal of society that one day we want to achieve. We must strive from now on to free our hearts from petty ambitions, renouncing indifference to social problems, growing in awareness of our rights and duties as citizens, leaving aside careerism, the messianic cult of leaders, and corruption. The journey of the Magi to Bethlehem was not an individualistic journey. Tradition says that there were three Magi. The Gospel speaks of some. They are a small group of people who journey together, not each one on his own. In the journey of humanity, either we make it together with others or we will stray into the ravine of selfishness or despair. And as they walk, the Magi look at the star, but they also look at each other. They look at who is next to them. The Magi teach us to walk in solidarity, capable of slowing down the pace of our journey so as not to leave anyone behind or to extend a hand to those whose journey is becoming more difficult. When we walk together, God goes with us. To walk towards God, we must walk together as brothers and sisters. The wise men teach us to walk as a people, without tripping each other up, without always accusing and disqualifying each other. A critical spirit and the right to legitimate differences are one thing, but political cannibalism and sterile rivalries are another. Let's journey like the wise men, looking each other in the face, holding out our hands and respecting our differences. No one has to be different, 
from what he or she is, but each one must give the best of what he or she is. The Magi go to Jerusalem asking for the King of the Jews who has just been born and whom they wish to worship. When they heard this, Herod the king was astonished and all of Jerusalem with him. That's from the second chapter of Matthew also. The one who is most afraid is King Herod, the most powerful person. Tyrants appear to be brave and appear haughty and aggressive, but they are very fearful. They feel continually threatened. For them, others, the whole people, even those in their inner circle, are always rivals or enemies to fight against and to deceive or eliminate. Herod and his court represent that dark world of the powerful where anything goes, simply to ensure their own power. Calculation, cynicism, lies, cruelty, terror, contempt for human beings, and the destruction of the innocent, these methods are also valid for the tyrants. The tyrants of yesterday and today disguise themselves as defenders of peace and order, but they are cruel and heartless and like-headed. They always end up causing much pain and shedding innocent blood. Bishop Bias continues to address the Nicaraguans in the congregation. He says, today we are suffering in our country because of a dictatorial system sustained by people whose minds and hearts are darkened and whose only law is excessive ambition, irrationality, revenge, and hatred. The kidnappings and arbitrary imprisonment of so many of our brothers, among them two beloved bishops and several priests, show not only the desire to establish an unjust and violent dynastic power, but also the fear and weakness of an anachronistic and inhumane system in the face of strength, of truth and love. And that is why they hate the church. Let's not doubt it. All tyrants pass away, and one day they are gone, forgotten, and condemned by God and history. Although Herod wanted to deceive the Magi, they turned to the scriptures, were redirected, and saw the star once again, and finally arrived in Bethlehem where the child was born, the Messiah King. Surprisingly, the wise men found no palace or luxurious displays worthy of the birth of a prince. They simply found a child and his mother. St. Matthew says, they saw the child with Mary, his mother, and they knelt down and paid him homage. We must learn to adore the Lord with humility devotion, love, and simplicity, 
Adoration on our knees before Jesus will give us the strength not to kneel before any of the powers of this world. Whoever worships God in prayer won't worship the idols of death that want to subdue us in life. The Magi found the true God, who is infinite greatness in that which is little. They recognized true royalty in the total absence of power. And they welcomed the omnipotent God in the human weakness of a newborn child. God does not manifest himself in the power of this world, but in the humility of his love, a love that asks us to welcome him, to let ourselves be loved and transformed by him who has love. The Magi weren't fooled by Herod. They weren't afraid of the king. Neither did they obey him. They let themselves be guided by the star to the littleness and poverty of a child in whom God met them. Let's not be afraid of power or intimidated by its deceitful lies. Instead, let's trust more in the goodness of God than in the apparent splendor of the powerful. After adoring the child, the Magi, having been warned in a dream not to return to Herod, they departed for their country by another way, St. Matthew tells us. They returned to ordinary life by another way. They return enlightened by truth and transformed by love. After adoring Jesus in Bethlehem, we too will begin to walk by another way, tirelessly seeking the Lord in tenderness and simplicity, at the sight of victims and the poor, always struggling for freedom and justice, never despairing and never giving up. And that's from Pope Francis Homily for the Epiphany of the Lord on the 6th of January 2016. What a powerful homily that was from Bishop Baez. Quotes from scripture, quotes from Pope Francis, and the quotes, if you will, from human lived experience in Nicaragua with the Nicaraguan exiles in the United States with the entire diaspora in the United States. It's it's just a powerful message, isn't it, Mom? It was really powerful from the heart. Really, really fantastic. Um, pointing out that no dictatorship lasts forever, to be brave, to stay strong, to change, redirect ourselves. Um, we can always do that and transform ourselves by following the star leading us to Jesus, who is love. That's right. And what he had to say to the Nicaraguan faithful who were listening, there are parts of that homily that apply to all of us. And if you'd like to read sections from that homily, just go to carmelitequotes.blog. That's carmelitequotes.blog. And you'll be able to read excerpts from this homily by Bishop Baez. Just go to the quote of the day for 7 January.
by Bishop Silvio Jose Baez. So we want to say thanks today for listening in. Thanks to all of our listeners. Thanks to our subscribers. And we want to close with prayer. So, Mom, would you lead our listeners in prayer? Of course. Thank you. Gracious God, we pray for all persons suffering from violence and persecution. May they be held in your loving care and protection and given the strength to endure great suffering from hardship. Transform their hearts and minds of all those who perpetuate violence and oppression. Grant wisdom to world leaders and advancing efforts towards religious freedom in Nicaragua. May they not be compromised by self-interest and blind indifference. We ask all this through the Immaculate Heart of Mary in the name of your Son, Jesus Christ, and the Holy Spirit, now and forever. Amen. Saint Michael the Archangel, defend us in the day of battle. Be our safeguard against the wickedness and snares of the devil. May God rebuke him, we humbly pray, and to thou, O Prince of the Heavenly Host, by the power of God, cast into hell Satan and all the evil spirits who wander the world seeking the ruin of souls. Amen. Amen. Thank you so much, Rosary Mum, for joining us today as our co-host on this podcast. We want to say thanks to our listeners, and we encourage you to subscribe on Spotify, Amazon Music, Audible, Google Podcasts, CastBox, through your RSS feed. And we're going to be available soon on other platforms, including Apple Podcasts. So stay tuned and stay aware. We invite you to continue to pray with us each day and sacrifice for the persecuted church in Nicaragua, for the bishops who are in prison, Bishop Rolando Jose Alvarez, Bishop Isidoro Mora of the Diocese of Matagalpa and the Diocese of Siuna, for the priests who are imprisoned, for the seminarians who are imprisoned. There are 18 church leaders imprisoned right now in Nicaragua. So we ask you to join us in praying for them. We ask you to join us in sharing this episode so that others can learn about this tragedy in Nicaragua and can be informed and can advocate for the release of these bishops, priests, and seminarians and for the freedom of religion in Nicaragua. So thank you so much for joining us, and we look forward to having you with us next time on Free the Bishops podcast. God bless.